bid you welcome on the final night of the missionary weekend. We're glad to be able to say that God has been with us and he's blessed us over these days. And we've certainly felt the challenge and our vision has been renewed for the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're going to begin by singing together 679. It's a great missionary hymn. We have heard the joyful sound Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command. And the great theme, Jesus saves. Getting worried for a minute that Don and I were expected to do duet together when he came forward there. Uh, that'll be for some other time, maybe in glory, when we're able to sing most perfectly. But abide together, seek the Lord in prayer, ask the Lord to come among us and help us tonight. Tonight, as we finish the missionary weekend, we're having special emphasis upon Ukraine. 
So good to see our folks here tonight. Let's pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, as we come once again to the house of God, we look back over the weekend that we've just had in thanksgiving and in rejoicing. We prayed very much that the Lord would be with us, that he would bless the reports and the preaching of the word and the ministry and song. And Lord, our testimony tonight as we come to this concluding meeting is that the Lord has been there and he has been pleased to make this weekend a blessing and he's challenged our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to each one that gathered in, for opening our eyes again, for touching our hearts. And we pray that from this weekend onwards, as we look at the whole year ahead, that our vision will be renewed for the Lord's work. We pray that the love of Christ will constrain us, to constrain Paul. And when we think of how he served the Lord as that abounding Christian, as he served the Lord as a missionary, and all that he went through, we thank you that he was faithful, he was fervent in his preaching, and Lord, he saw a great work done, sinners converted, souls changed, families transformed, churches planted, and the work of the gospel going forward. And Lord, we want to see that in our day. We want to see the Lord moving in our country and bringing our fellow countrymen to Christ. We pray for the ungodly that you'll save them. We pray that this will be a great year of soul winning. Bless every department of the work. Bless every child of God in this house. We have often prayed that the Lord would set his church on fire. And Lord, we pray that earnestly tonight, that you will come in the power of the Holy Spirit and make your church a great blaze for the glory of God in this town and district. Help us to continue to lift our eyes and look in the fields, not just the home field, but the foreign field. And give us, Lord, that missionary fervor in our heart. We pray that you will bless this meeting. We thank you for the nature of it as we come to the conclusion. For our friends from Ukraine, as they've come and sought a refuge during this past seven months or so, and you've helped them in so many ways, provided for them in so many ways. We pray for them that you will bless them, separated from home, separated from so much of what is normal for them because of war. We seek the blessing of God to be upon them. We pray for the revival of God to be in them. We pray that you will set them on fire and give them a vision for the Lord even this year. Remember their families and friends back at home, some of them serving in the armed forces, some of them, Lord, as volunteers going into dangerous places, some of them indeed in danger as cities and towns are still being bombed. Bring the war to an end, we pray. Bring peace to that land. And Lord, most of all, bring peace through Christ, who is the Prince of Peace. As Jesus Christ has preached, Lord, we pray that many will come to know him. We do rejoice that even in devastation and destruction, God has been at work. Thank you for all that has been going on, for missionaries there, for the local church there, for all the work that is being done in the gospel in that country, for sinners that have been converted to Christ. Every time we hear of this, it rejoices our heart that even in the darkest days, 
God is moving and God is overruling. And so, Father, we just leave ourselves with thee tonight. Bless each one who takes part in this service. We pray that you'll help them and may God be glorified. May his name be honored. We pray that you'll work again in our hearts and do a work in our young people. May they step out for Christ and hear that call on their heart to go and serve him. And may they willingly say, as the prophet Isaiah, here am I, send me. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm to make some announcements, first of all, to, to remind you that supper will be served tonight after the service, and that will be here in the fellowship area. This is a very important week uh, for us as a, a church, and that's the week of prayer. Every night this week, Monday to Friday at 8 o'clock, we will come together to have a short Bible study and then get immediately to prayer. As we said this morning, we've always counted the beginning of the week with our ministers' week of prayer so important for the denomination as our ministers come to pray. And now following that, as a local congregation, we are here to seek God and to think of the work of God that is ahead. So we are appealing to you to come to the week of prayer. Young and old, if you're able to come, be there. And perhaps you will be able, even this very night in this service, to covenant with God that you'll not miss a night, if at all possible. So we encourage you to come. That's just a wee announcement of faith in action, all right? You're familiar with that magazine. You'll be able to say something about it, let them know what's, what's in it. The new prayer list will be compiled uh, Monday through to Friday or Thursday night and then hopefully given out on the Friday. Do you remember the prayer meeting next Lord's Day morning at 8 o'clock? We didn't mention this morning. Remember also, or we did mention this morning, remember Sunday school uh, at 10.30, Bible class at a quarter to 11, and this special study that Phil is doing. Remember the worship service, 12 noon, the gospel meeting at 7, and we have the dedication service of little Noah Robert James Moore. Pray for the family and pray for all who will be invited to come under the sound of the word. Again, we thank you who helped yesterday on behalf of the school uh, with the New Year's breakfast and the, the funds raised over £2,000 and I know some more, more money has come in today. Thank you in the Lord's great name. Thank you to the ladies who supplied the suppers uh, during the missionary weekend. Uh, we don't take that for granted. We appreciate all that you do. Literature is available tonight. The Vision, Let the Bible Speak Quarterly, The Current, and there are cards from Let the Bible Speak just to let you know what's happening with the radio ministry. There's also motto texts, and they're available. Uh, if you haven't got one already, take one. There's a wee calendar on the back just to keep you right from day to day. But take one and seek to be that Christian that the motto text is speaking about. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Also, we have the prayer cards for the Reverend Ray Karskadden. Uh, we've heard from him on Friday night and on Saturday night. He's going out as a missionary to Africa, to the land of Uganda. So these are all the announcements that I need to make. We are delighted to have the Ukrainian choir, and we're going to ask 
uh, our brethren and sisters to come and to sing just now. Thank you very much. Immediately after that, uh, the pastor will come and bring the missionary report. Okay? After the choir. And Anna, we're glad to have you tonight. You're interrupting for him. Interpreting. Thank you. Прихожу к тебе я с хвалою, чудеса твои велики, и любовь твоя сильна. Прихожу к тебе я с хвалою, чудеса твои велики, и любовь твоя сильна.
Could we have Samuel? Might be helpful just to reconnect. Have you got the connection? we'll do what we'll do this will be a good thing to do um we'll sing the hymn all right and uh, we've been we've been lifting an offering during the missionary weekend so we'll sing this hymn 511 throw out the lifeline across the dark wave there is a brother whom someone should save somebody's brother or who then will dare to throw out the lifeline his peril to share and is Mervyn here? Mervyn, could you lead this while I help with a little bit of the technology? Thank you very much. Okay, sisters.
Thank you very much. We're just going to pull one out and put one in. I think. We're going to get there, you know, eventually. I greet you, dear church and dear friends. Uh, apologies for, for this. That we had a bit of a delay. Я буквально кратко хочу рассказать о том, как вообще Бог в моей жизни и нашей церкви действовал. В этом году будет 20 лет, как я христианин. И с самого начала, как я только уверовал, в нашей церкви было служение и очень много. У нас не было ни одного дня свободного, чтобы не было служения. В понедельник мы ходили на благовестие там, где онкобольные, люди, которые уже при смерти лежали. Oncology hospital where people, uh, trauma hospital where people were dying. Um, and we testified to them. And we were thankful for the opportunity that in those days the door was open in Ukraine to, for us to do that. And the mission had an opportunity to и медицинское оборудование. И таким образом были расположены врачи, давали возможность благовествовать. По вторникам у нас были братские. В среду была группа. В четверг была спевка. On Thursday we had a choir. Пятницу молитвенное было собрание. Friday we had a prayer meeting. В субботу молодежное. Saturday we had youth meeting. И в воскресенье было тоже два собрания. And we had two meetings on Sunday. Это была очень активная жизнь. It was a very busy, active life. И некоторые люди считали, что это очень сильно было активно. And some people thought it was too busy. 
Но церковь на самом деле очень жила, и она была молодой церковью. И я пришел буквально, когда она только образовалась. И вы знаете, это было прекрасное время действительно для жизни вот именно такой активной. И с того момента Бог так благословил, что мы могли участвовать в разных проектах. Time, И в основном это были детские служения. Это были служения для людей с особенностями. Когда мы могли им проповедовать, это в основном были неверующие люди. Мы также ездили, наша церковь, она совершала служение, мы ездили в семь мест. В воскресенье, и мы проводили собрания там в тех местах. We had seven places where our church went on Sunday. И Бог так благословлял церковь, и она росла. And God blessed our church, and our church was growing. Хотя наш поселочек, в котором мы жили, он вообще маленький, он небольшой поселочек. Although our village that we lived in it, it's a small village. Но Бог действительно благословлял церковь. But God was really blessing us. Она переживала разные в жизни, были разные ситуации в жизни церкви. Было много хорошего. Были печальные какие-то моменты. Но я скажу, что Бог действительно благословлял церковь в Старом Салтове. У меня мало времени, я просто некоторые фотографии как бы выбрал, такие показать. Это служение для людей с особенностями, когда мы ездили, и оно до сих пор продолжается. И э, брат Дональд, он будет показывать, что еще сейчас там делают наши братья и сестры. Эта церковь, которая еще только маленькая была, это Саша еще очень-очень молодой проповедует. Это брат Валерий проповедует. У нас была маленькая... У нас была маленькая церковь, у нас был зал длиной, наверное, где-то метров, ну, восемь где-то, и ширина метров четыре-пять где-то. Это было время, когда люди пешком ходили зимой. Вот я скажу вам, у вас здесь практически все на транспорте ездят. У нас очень мало у людей транспорта. Поэтому в церковь нужно было пешком ходить 3 километра. Мороз мог быть минус 18-20. 
Снега могло быть по колено. Но у людей была жажда идти в церковь. И так Бог благословлял служение в церкви. Это эта фотография, это мы находимся в, в одной из тюрем. Это тоже служение, которое Бог давал нам делать. Вот мы с миссией были. И Бог так благословлял, что нас даже пускали в тюрьму, там, где люди с пожизненным заключением сидят. И там были верующие люди, кто покаялся уже. И это действительно были чудеса, Бог and действовал и действует Нету фотографий, но мы также ездили и в реп-центры, там, где люди зависимы от алкоголя и наркотиков. И слава Богу, репцентр, в который мы в основном ездили, он до сих пор есть и там трудятся. Это была одна из поездок, я думаю, что вы вспомните, кто был. Мы ездили в, другое, в другой поселок маленький, там очень мало людей. Мы там проводили собрания, и потом мы могли вместе общаться. Наши дети, он маленькие, Лера еще, я помню, тоже была. Это Господь благословлял, и так получилось, что я не думал никогда, что я буду заниматься служением этим. Но так Бог в моей жизни распорядился, и так Бог все устроил, чтобы действительно церковь доверила мне это служение. И это было рукоположение на пресвитерское служение. Это было 11 лет назад почти. Это Лена, вы помните, ее муж, это тоже его было рукоположение на пресвитера. Они до сих пор, они там Лена вернулась, Николай там. Это наш молитвенный дом новый, который мы строили. Вот так вот нам приходилось собираться, потому что там был стройматериал. Мы там проводили молитвенные собрания. И это было прекрасное время. Это лагеря, которые мы делали. Это последний лагерь, который мы смогли сделать для детей. И это общая фотография. Это посещение, когда миссия приезжала, мы посещали больных людей, людей, которые были с серьезными заболеваниями. Это молодежное служение тоже было. Бог благословлял, и э, это была небольшая группа, но 
была группа. This was a small group, but it И это uh, наша церковь, это не вся церковь, это часть церкви. Это уже в новом молитвенном здании. Это тоже наше посещение, когда мы посещали одну деревушку маленькую и могли там благовествовать. Это наши члены церкви, которые там были пожилые люди, но очень горячие люди. И вы знаете, я просто хочу один момент вспомнить, когда люди не могут ходить в собрание. I just want to draw your attention to something. When people can't come to meetings, and we visited those people who couldn't come, and they said, we just want to be in church, but we can't. We just want to be with God's people. And I didn't realize at that time Но я немножко сейчас понимаю, как действительно людям, которые были ограничены, когда для них сейчас важно тот момент, когда они не могут ходить. И это последняя фотография, тоже ну, одна из фотографий нашего лагеря детского. И вы знаете, я последнюю мысль, какую хочу сказать, послание к римлянам. Апостол Павел призывает церковь римскую. Paul calls on the church. Он призывает к служению. To serve. И он говорит о, о том, что... И апостол Павел говорит такие слова. Итак, умоляю вас, братья, милосердием Божьим, представьте тела ваши в жертву живую, святую, благоугодную Богу для разумного служения вашего. Reading from Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. И апостол Павел здесь говорит, он говорит, я умоляю вас, братья, Paul says, I, I beg you, brothers, чтобы представить свои тела в жертву для служения Господу. И это очень серьезное место в Библии, где Бог призывает через Павла нас к служению. И вы знаете, у каждого оно может быть свое служение. Порою, вы знаете, мы смотрим на великих благовестников и мы восхищаемся ими. И кажется, ну что я маленький, что я могу сделать? Но я знаю, что у Бога есть призвание для каждого человека. У Бога нет большого или маленького служения. 
Для Бога каждое служение очень важно. Every service is important for God. И Бог хочет, чтобы мы в малом научились быть верными Ему. And we have to be faithful to God in tiny things. И последнюю мысль, какую я хочу сказать. And just the last thought I want to share with you. В, моей, в моем служении были разные времена, и были такие времена, когда я хотел просто оставить служение. In my service there were different times. There were very difficult times when I contemplated leaving uh, church. Мне было очень тяжело. I was, it was extremely difficult. И вы знаете, я думаю, что это каждый испытывает. And probably some people here experience that as well. Бывают такие моменты в жизни, когда очень тяжело. There are moments in lives, in our lives, when it's extremely difficult. Но Бог проговорил в мое сердце и сказал важную мысль. But God spoke to my heart and shared a very important thought. Сынок. Son. Служить для меня. To serve for me. Это огромная привилегия. It's a privilege. И ты удостоился того, чтобы служить. Поэтому это для тебя должно быть so for you it is большой драгоценностью. Uh, very, uh, it, И это меня утешило лично в тот момент. Это для меня было таким, знаете, озарением как бы в мое сердце, в мою душу. And it was a real uh, opening for my heart when I realized that. Что любое служение для Бога это не просто служение. God, service, а это огромнейшая привилегия, которую доверил сам царь царей. И Господь господствующих. И поэтому это должно быть торжеством и радостью. So и это в моем сердце сделало переворот. And that's how my heart uh, turned around. And I'm so thankful to God that um, even that my work is uh, tiny, I can still go on. Praise the Lord. see what's coming now so I uh, want to thank the pastor for talking to us tonight may the Lord bless you it was um, 11 months ago when the war broke out in Ukraine and uh, we were in Romania Donald Fleming came <coughs> on I can't remember the date but I think it was the second Sunday night of March and talked to us about Ukraine and that started a process to bring our friends to Northern Ireland. And they started to come from April. Brother, we're very glad that you're here tonight. You're going to finish this missionary convention weekend. And we know that you're here representing Ukraine. You come and talk to us and what's in your heart. May the Lord bless you, fill you, and help you to share that burden and vision with us. 
so that we can pray for you and for the world. Thank you. You're very welcome. Good evening, brothers and sisters. It's so good to be with you again. Uh, thank you so much to Pastor Park for inviting me back uh, after what happened nine, 11 months ago. I never thought I'd be invited back to the fellowship after the huge burden that was laid upon the fellowship. But seriously, the, the, the work from Hebron has been absolutely astounding. Uh, many people have been talking about it then and they're still talking about it today. So, you know, we apologize that we couldn't be with you Friday and Saturday. Jacqueline and I were a little bit under the weather. Jacqueline sends her love. Uh, she's still a little bit under the weather. Uh, the Lord's brought me back to sort of semi-consciousness for this tonight. And I've been looking forward to it. Although we couldn't be here in person, uh, we were able to follow online and we thoroughly enjoyed the blessings uh, that we witnessed especially, you know, I'm always wary when I say especially, but I think you'll realize and you'll understand when I say this, that Dr. Bill Woods was such a blessing to me many years ago, and every time I meet him, he's such an encourager and such a blessing. So it's wonderful to be here tonight and to take part in your missionary convention. Brothers and sisters, I just want to have a couple of readings it's two portions of scripture that the Lord spoke to Jacqueline and I through 22 years ago. And the first reading is in Mark chapter 16. The first reading is in Mark chapter 16. We're going to begin that reading at verse 15, where the Lord Jesus Christ says, Go ye out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And Acts 1 and verse 8, where the Lord Jesus Christ was calling the disciples to be witnesses for him and how that they were going to be empowered for that ministry but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all, and all, all, all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And we know that the Lord will bless that reading from his word. Somebody once said that the Bible is, amongst other things, a book of unforgettable walks, and it really is, brothers and sisters, when we ever, when we go to the Word of God and we do that study of the different characters in the Word of God, the different walks that we find from different people throughout Scripture. The first walk was taken by God himself as he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. And then what about Joshua's triumphant walk as he walked around the walls of Jericho? Paul's illuminating walk as he met with the risen Savior on the Damascus Road? And what about Moses' liberating walk as he walked through a path that was normally occupied by the Red Sea? What about Peter's walk? You can call it a walk of faith or no faith. For me, it was a walk of faith. He stepped over the side of that boat onto a stormy sea and he walked on the, uh, uh, to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. But 
you know, we can look at all of these different walks, but I think there's one walk that stands out to all of us more than any other walk. And it's a walk that the Lord Jesus Christ took on the road to Golgotha. And brothers and sisters, this is why we're here tonight. If our Savior had never taken that walk to Golgotha, <clears throat> where he laid down his life, that we might have life and have it more abundantly, we wouldn't be here tonight. There would be no missionary conventions. So the walk of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, it took him all the way to the cross where he suffered, where he shed his precious blood and where he died for us. And I just want to personally say thank you to my Savior tonight for the walk that he took all those years ago. 22 years ago for me, I was still in the RUC and Jacqueline and I had been praying much about missions. We had been praying for God's call in, in our lives to go out into the uttermost parts of the earth to serve him. And I remember sitting one morning in my own church, one Sunday morning, the, the, sermon, the sermon had just ended and the meeting had just finished, but I was sitting there and I was contemplating missions. I was just really meditating upon something that I had read. And I said, Lord, is this as good as it gets? And it wasn't a complaint. I, I wasn't whining or moaning about something. It was a very serious question that I had for the Lord. I said, Lord, is this as good as it gets? I said, Lord, if there's more to the Christian life, I want it. I love my Christian life. I said, Lord, if there's more, we want it. We want more than we have now. And brothers and sisters, Jacqueline and I were, were active witnesses within our fellowship at that time. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 talks about being witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem for me was a picture of my church. Jerusalem for you is a picture of this church tonight. But are you faithful within Jerusalem? We were faithful to the Lord at that time in Jerusalem, in our own fellowship. We loved the prayer meetings. We loved the Bible studies. I was teaching the young people in the Bible class. I was a deacon within the church. And I believe because we tried to be faithful to the Lord in Jerusalem, he broadened our borders and sent us out into Judea. And Judea for us was the Newtonars Peninsula where we began to take part in outreach to the peninsula through Newtonars and down into the different areas doing outreach, open-air meetings, door-to-door -door evangelism. We loved our Christian life. And a couple of years later, maybe because we were trying to be faithful in Jerusalem and in Judea, the Lord broadened our horizons again and opened the door to go into Samaria, which for us was Northern Ireland. And we had many events going on throughout Northern Ireland as we carried the gospel to the different parts of Northern Ireland. And here we were 22 years ago as I sat in Strandtown Police Station. That day I was sitting in Strandtown Police Station. I had done so many years in the RUC. I had a few more years to go and I was sitting counting my pension. 
And the Lord says, not so quick. He said, I want you to come out. He said, I want you to go into full-time service for me and serve me in the land of Ukraine. But we, we were so happy. This was what Jacqueline and I desired. This was the greatest desire of our heart, to go out into the uttermost parts of the earth to serve him. We had been faithful in Jerusalem, our local church. We had been faithful in Judea, Newtonards. We had been faithful in uh, Samaria, in, in Northern Ireland. And now, after all the prayer, and after the, the, the question that I had asked of the Lord, is there more to the Christian life? Here I was receiving the call to leave the RUC and to go out into missions, into the uttermost part of the earth. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you would just love to go beyond the borders of Ballymoney. You know, maybe you've got a great desire to go to China or to go to Africa or go to Romania or even Ukraine. I want to ask you a question. Are you being faithful here in Jerusalem, in Hebron? Do you go to the prayer meetings? Do you go to the Bible studies? Do you serve the Lord in Jerusalem? I believe that if we are not faithful in Jerusalem, it's unlikely that the Lord will call us to the uttermost parts of the, the, the earth. We need to be faithful where God has planted us and we need to be faithful here in Hebron. And if we can be faithful here, he will move us out into the Antrim area. He will move us out into Northern Ireland. And Lord knows maybe he'll even send you out into the uttermost parts of the earth. As I sat in Strangtown Police Station that day, I was so thrilled, I was excited. I, I was blessed. I called Jacqueline and told her about what had happened. And I went immediately. Before I went, by the way, Satan wasn't too far away. And I want to tell you this, that whenever someone's receiving a call from the Lord to go out into the world to preach the gospel or to serve him in any way, Satan will be very nearby. And that day as I sat in Strandtown Police Station, having just received this call from the Lord, Satan says to me, don't be listening to words like that. He said, how are you going to pay your bills? Who's going to pay your mortgage for you? He said, who's going to dress your children and feed your children? He tried to talk me out of it. And dear friends, he'll try to talk you out of it. You've been here for this missionary convention for the three nights. You've heard the, the good word of God. The seed has been planted in your mind and in your heart. Don't listen to Satan. He's a liar. He's the father of all liars. When God speaks to us, we need to listen to what the Lord wants. You know, as I sat there in the this, this, this police station that day, the Lord reminded me of four things that I had just read about. And I'm going to bring them very briefly to you. He reminded me of four things that I had just read about missions. The first one was that in God's ministry, the call will always be from God. It's not going to come from the pastor or the missionary or from the elders of the church. A call into God's service requires a call from God himself. And he'll back it up with scripture. Secondly, 
the man or the woman or the young person who responds positively to God's call, he will experience apprehension, maybe even anxiety, maybe even fear. Because when we go out into the Lord's work, it can be scary. Maybe the Lord will ask us to do something that's intimidating to us. But for sure, he will bring you out of your comfort zone. The third thing that I read about a call from God, there'll always be reassurance. The man or woman or young person who always says yes to God's call will be reassured by the Lord himself. Do you remember the call of Joshua? As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. That applies, I believe, to every servant of God when we obey God's call. He will go with us. He will reassure us. And the fourth thing that I read in that book was there will always be a changed life. Your life will change. You will never be the same person ever again. The person who responds positively to the call of God is going to experience God in a way that they could never dream of. You're going to meet God. You're going to see God in a way that you've never seen him before. If you're sitting here tonight and you're praying about missions, I can highly recommend serving the Lord out not only within Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. No matter where the Lord calls, that we need to get up and we need to go. The Lord is waiting for us. He wants us out there. He's not going to abandon you when you go. I left the RUC that day. I handed my notice into the RUC. Yes, I, I was anxious. Satan had planted the seed. How are you going to feed your children? 22 years ago, we started to live by faith. Today, we still live by faith. And you know something? God has never let us down yet, and he never will. The man or woman or young person who responds positively to the call of God will never be disappointed. And the Lord will go with you. He'll reassure you. He'll provide everything. He will prepare you for what lies ahead. We set foot in Ukraine 22 years ago, and I think I'm coming to it now. We set foot in Ukraine 20, 22 years ago, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to come just over the last three or four weeks. You're only going to see maybe 15% of what has happened since the war in Ukraine started, because there's just so much that the mission has been involved in. Ukraine, as we know, has been involved in a terrible, terrible war. Terrible things have been happening in Ukraine. But even although we couldn't be there, and sometimes I ask myself the question, why are you not there? Because I believe the Lord had me here. I believe that we can do so much more for the people of Ukraine from here in Northern Ireland than we could have over there. This is a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. Our brothers and sisters know this place so well. We have been ministering here for 21 years, going along, supporting them, and ministering to the drug addicts, to the people who have an addiction to alcohol or any other addictions. And this ingenia, 
Genya standing preaching to the people in Kharkiv, ministering to them. the, the rehabilitation center is a wonderful building. It's a big building with their own bakery. So they were able to bake bread because the people were hungry. So many people were suffering. And this was part of their new ministry, not only ministering to the drug addicts and the alcoholics. And by the way, over there in that rehabilitation center, they don't believe in taking a drug addict from one drug to a lesser drug to a lesser drug to eventually free. They believe in nine months intensive Bible study will set any addict free, no matter what the addiction is, that the word of God will set us free. And this is exactly what happened. And two of our brothers here tonight from Ukraine, they can testify to that because they went through the program. And this is our brothers and sisters now reaching out to the people in Kharkiv, not only trying to look after themselves within the center, but reaching out, the funds that we're able to send into them enables them to do this. And this is at Christmas where they had brought the children in from the village to minister to the children for two or three days, to give the children a gift. You know, they had been through a terrible time with this war, and we just wanted to try and put a little smile back in the children's faces. And in most of the areas that we always worked in, this is what's happening today. They're doing things for the children. They're doing things for the elderly. The light of the gospel church have been so involved in what has been happening. And recently, we have been sending the finances, good sums of finances into each area. This is the disabled. Valentine spoke about it a moment ago, the disabled camp. And this is what happens every year where we fund the disabled camp and you can have up to 120 disabled people coming to a week of camp where their mind is saturated in the word of God. But because of the war, we were able to hold it in the church and the disabled people came along and they were ministered to. This is Sasha, Pastor Sasha at at the pulpit and a, a good brother in Christ, a man who's absolutely serious and on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the church meetings that we've been sponsoring. And the church today is packed full of unbelievers. This is not a Christian meeting. This is not a believers meeting. This is for the unsaved. Before the war started, it was hard to get an unbeliever into church, much like our own country. The war, the Lord has used the war to convict people and to remind them that he is there And these church meetings are packed full of unbelievers. Pastor Sasha, I remember the time that he he was called as a missionary to the town of Boravaya. And he went to that. It was a terrible road to Boravaya. Holes everywhere. It took maybe two hours now, two and a half hours to drive there. Terrible, terrible roads. And he had already been there about four years. Nothing was happening The Lord had called him, but nothing was happening. He was working hard, but nothing was, there was no breakthrough in the gospel. And this day he said he was driving to Boravaya and he felt down. He was a little bit depressed because he he thought that the Lord didn't care and wasn't moving. And as he drove to Boravaya, he saw a young lady thumbing a lift and he stopped and she got into the back seat and he just carried on. He said, I was so full of my own woe, I forgot all about her. When we arrived at the drop-off point, the forest, 
she said, you can drop me here. She said, when I get into this car, I wanted you to drop me here. I was coming here to commit suicide. She said, but as I sat in the back of your car, I heard the gospel through that cassette that you're, you're playing. She said, I thought no one cared for me. I thought that no one loved me. She said, but as I sat and listened, I realized now that Jesus Christ loves me and that he died for me upon the cross. She came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ sitting in the back of the car when the pastor was so down and depressed. That said a lot to me. Brothers and sisters, it's God's work. It's his work. And if nothing's happening in your church, it's because he's allowing it not to happen. It'll happen when the Lord decides that it's going to happen. That church began to flourish. Praise the Lord that many souls came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ after that. But, you know, we can get so caught up. Woe is me. Nothing's happening. What's going on? We need to leave it to the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. It's a wonderful story of God's grace. Izum, the ministry in Izum through our brother, our brother Vitale. We were able to get funds into this area too. This is where the mass graves were. Many people died in this area. And our brother Vitale and his team went, and this is the people today. They can't live in the flats. They're having to build little fires outside and cook their own meals. And we were able to send the funds in again to buy stoves, to buy generators, to buy so many things to send to Izum. Vitaly and his team, we, we, we set up, I think it was six laundry points that were trying to set up throughout the city of Izum. The, the people had no electricity, no light, there was no water. Uh, through the generators and the washing machines, at least the people could begin to wash their clothing again. And then this was just, just last week when Vitaly, we, we sent the funds in to minister to the children of this terrible, terribly bombed city of Izum. And as they went out onto the street, the people come out in their thousands. They were able to preach the gospel to them, minister to them, and the children were able to receive a blessing through Christmas. They never thought Christmas would happen this year, but the Lord had other ideas, and through the funds that we were able to get in, Stary Saltov, this is where they're from. Stary Saltov, we went there for the first time 22 years ago. It was just a little house. Everybody was packed into the house. They were sitting in the kitchen. They were sitting in the hallway. And then they said, oh, pray that the Lord will build for us. We need a building. And we prayed, and the Lord built this building. And what a, what a blessing that this building became. We had a little bit of heaven in here. Uh, there's Baptist pews. There's a free Presbyterian pulpit. There's Presbyterian windows. There's Baptist chairs. There's a little bit of everything sent from Northern Ireland to, to make up the building that they loved. Everything was planned from here. We lived in the top floor. That's where we stayed when we were in Ukraine. Today, <clears throat> this is what's left of the building. Nothing left of it. This is our brother, Yuri. This is Vika's husband. And he's still there. He's still ministering to the people of Stary Saltov, 
Stary Saltov is more or less non-existent now. The main street has been demolished. It's been blown apart. The Orthodox Church, the Baptist Church, the shops, the schools, everything has been destroyed where they live. But there's teams going round ministering to the elderly people, the ones who couldn't get out of Stary Saltov. And this is a building today. And they've started to preach the gospel from the ruins of the church. They don't intend to give up. They will continue to reach out to people and they try to hold a service every now and again in the Delic building. The Lord knows maybe one day we'll get the building back up and running again. The prison ministry has went from strength to strength even in the midst of the war. Great things are still happening. We went there 22 years ago to minister to the people within the prison system. This is Pastor Victor Dudka. He's the pastor of the prison system. And for him, <clears throat> this war has changed his whole outlook on life, as it would. It's changed his whole church setup. And today, the building is too small. So many unbelievers are now coming to church that there's no room to host them at all inside the building itself. I don't know what they're doing now with the winter drawing on, but it didn't stop them. And this is the baptisms just a couple of months ago. So there are people coming into the fellowship. Men and women have been saved and they're being baptized through the prison ministry. And then we have Lehman, our brother Vitaly, again, going into their very dangerous areas where the, 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 the armies had been massacring people. There was mass graves in these, in these places. But these people went back in to where the people needed help. And this is just recent. We managed to get finances into this area also. And we wanted to target the children once again. We wanted to reach the children. They came out in their thousands with their mothers and fathers. They were able to minister to them, to preach the gospel to them. And at the same time, be a blessing to the families and to be a blessing to the children. This is uh, Pastor Pavel. You've heard a lot about Pastor Pavel. Pastor Pavel is one of those men that he will be there until the day that he, he dies or the Lord calls to take him home or comes again or whatever. But this man will not leave Ukraine. He will be there to the bitter end. He said, the only ones that are left are the elderly and the sick and the poor. Everyone else has left. He said, I will stay with them. And what a ministry they have. What a wonderful ministry. Pastor Pavel, he looks after the House of Hope. But this is the money that we managed to send in to buy gifts. They went into the children's hospital in Kharkov. The, the hospital had been bombed twice. They were still working. So our team managed to go into them and be a blessing to all of the children. With, in a Zoom, there was 2,000 children blessed. In Lehman, there were something like three or 400, and in the hospital, 200 children. So we managed to reach over almost 3,000 children at Christmas just to be a blessing to them and just to do something for them. And this is a children's hospital where they're not well. Christmas had uh, all come and gone as far as they were concerned, but then our teams arrived in and started to be a blessing to the families, to the mothers, to the fathers, to the sick children 
who were going through difficult times. Christmas for people living in the basements. It was no longer safe to live in the flats. They had to go down into the dark, filthy, cold basements. You know, at least they had basements. If war was to break out in Northern Ireland, we've nowhere. Over there they have these basements well underground and they'll be safe there. Yes, they're filthy, they're dark, they're cold. But this is Pastor Pavel going down into the basements just last week. Pastor Pavel and his team going down to be a blessing to the people. There was no electricity. They had their own gener- they brought their own generators with them. And this is them having a service down in the basements, singing to them, ministering to them that the Christmas story, how that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And then the Sokolova Church, this is Pastor Pavel, this is his fellowship and the House of Hope. And what a blessing this place has become. Everybody wants to go there. They say that it's like a little, a little piece of heaven today. And people want to go there. And you know, four years ago when we built it, it became such a blessing to the sick and to the elderly in the villages, more so today. The Lord has used this place in a mighty way. Thousands daily gather at the House of Hope to be fed. Through the finances that we are able to get in, they're able to do this. Medical packs. And the authorities in Kiev sent a letter to them, thanking them for the work that they have done. Nearly 100,000 food parcels put into the villages. 40,000 medical kits put into the villages. And the, the list goes on and on and on of what we were a- they were able to accomplish through the finances that we were able to send. This is them going into, the, into Kharkiv, into the, the, the flats to rescue the disabled and the elderly. They would have been left there. They would have died there. But the team, Pastor Pavel's team, went in to rescue them and to bring them out. The lady here is Luba, Dr. Luba, Pastor Pavel's daughter. And when we go there, when we're in the villages, she comes with us. And we go into the villages, you don't know what you're going to find behind a door. For sure, it'll be an elderly person who's sick, maybe dying. And as we go in, Luba goes and ministers to the body. And she takes temperatures and she does blood tests and she gives them medication. And then she'll say, Donald, it's over to you. And then we preach the gospel. We minister to the soul. And what a combination this is. We let the people see that we're interested in them as a person and we're interested in their soul. And I believe that this is the example that our Lord Jesus Christ set. He loved people. He wanted to reach them and help them and love them and win them. And brothers and sisters, we need to love the people of Ballymoney and Newton Ards and Belfast because if we don't love them, there's no hope. People are turning off towards the gospel now. They don't want to come to church because I believe there's no love in many churches today. We're not showing the love that Christ has shed abroad in our hearts. We need to love people if we're going to have a fruitful ministry. And if we can love them the way that they love them, then 
were going to be blessed with much fruit. Ninety-two and blind, she would have died. But they went in, they took her to the house of hope. This old man lived for a month in the basements. No food, no water, no air. He was lying, dying when they found him. They brought him to the house of hope. And the girl set about him and gave him a little spa treatment and tidied him all up. And when he woke up, he says to Pastor Pavlov, died and went to heaven. He says, no, he said, you're still in Sokolovo, there's still a war. He said, but if you repent and believe in Jesus Christ, one day you can be in heaven. And this is the ministry that we're able to support. It takes quite a lot of finances supporting the House of Hope monthly. And to, to get them to go in to Lehman, to get them to go to Izum, to get them to go to Bakhmut, which is on the front line of the war today. It takes a lot of finances to do the work that we're able to do. But this is them being uh, brought to safety in the House of Hope. This is the ambulances that were requested by the Ukrainian Medical Corps. We were able to send them in. That's Pastor Pavel on the right and his team, along with the Ukrainian Army. We were able to get the ambulances through. This is the generators through Pastor Pavel and his team that we were able to get into the families <clears throat> to give them light, to help them with water, this is the sleeping bags that we're getting in because it can go minus 20, minus 25. Very, very cold. And people will die of the cold. These sleeping bags will keep them warm up until minus 30. Very expensive. But we're able to buy good stoves to put into their homes to keep them warm. We're able to send truckloads of firewood, generators, sleeping bags. As Pastor Pavel and his daughter Zina just showing us what the sleeping bags are like. The duvets, duvets into people in the winter to keep them warm. Brothers and sisters, thank you so much from the gift from Hebron. This is where your money goes. This is what's happening with the finances that you send. They're being put to good use as people are being given very, very warm duvets to, to keep them warm throughout these winter months. And then we go to Bakhmut, which is in the front line of the war today. Very dangerous. They're going through a terrible, terrible time there. And this is Pastor Pavel's team. We were able to get funds into them once again. And the team's headed into this very dangerous area. This is them in the basements, ministering to the people who are living in the basements. And I heard the video. The bombs were dropping. You could hear the, the machine gun fire. You can hear the explosions of bombs and so many horror things taking place. But they were there and they were preaching the gospel. They were leading people to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the ones who they have no electricity, no heating. They're able to go to them and, at Christmas and be a blessing to the families. These ones are not living in the basements. They're still living in their flats. Whether they survive another week, we don't know. They're too sick. They're too elderly to be moved. So they have to stay in their flats. And if a shell hits that flat, they'll go out into eternity. And this is why it's important that we get our teams to go into these areas, to minister to them, to tell them about the love of God. So many good things have been happening. This is a little family that we came across just last week, just at Christmas. That little child is 10 years of age. And this is what it's like 
These are the people who have no hope. These are the people who can't go anywhere. There's nowhere for them to go. So it's important, brothers and sisters, that we have men and women and young people who will answer God's call to go. And they did answer God's call to go. And they went. And this is the work that they're doing. They're going into the families. And they're ministering to them. They're loving them. They're helping them. And they're telling them about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So many families, they just don't have any hope. They can't leave here. There's nowhere to go. They don't have any money. One family, the little child had severe diabetic. And the only thing that they wanted for Christmas was the diabetic strips just to keep their child alive. Didn't care about anything else. Just wanted to keep their child alive. Pastor Yuri, I'm coming to the end of this. We met Pastor Yuri eight years ago in Ukraine and we were able to work with them on the front line ministering. That's him on the right. We're able to go and minister to the Ukrainian army on the front line. And we were able to go to them and open the word of God as they sat eagerly and listened to the word of God. It was a blessing. And this is Pastor Pavel and his team going to them, ministering to them. We were able to buy good boots that were made in Turkey, very, very warm to help them through the winter. Sleeping bags, really thermal thick socks, good boots, and so many other things we were able to get through to Pastor Yuri and through to his team. The sleeping bags are like gold dust when it's minus 15, minus 20. And we were able to get so many things through. This is the soldiers in the front line. They had a little Christmas party for them in the front line. Cakes and Coca-Cola. And they gave them their new boots. They gave them their sleeping bags. And they had a, a little Christmas uh, message for them about the love of God coming in. This is Pastor Pavel and Pastor Yuri. They're standing. They were singing. Now they're praying before Pastor Pavel's team left. As Pastor Pavel's team drove back to Kharkov, his daughter's car ended up on its roof. Uh, hit bad ice and ended up on its roof, so it's so dangerous. It's a long, long drive. Pray for our brothers and sisters. This is them standing praying together. Young soldier, repenting, coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this isn't the only one. I have to try and make this quick and show you just the one. Pastor Yuri stands with his, the, the, the sections or the platoons and you'll see them removing their head coverings and putting their weapons on the ground as they open the word of God, as he ministers to them, as he prays with them. And this is the outcome of his work. We support them in every way that we can. And this is one young soldier coming to faith. This is during the summer where three of them were saved and baptized. This is Pastor Yuri going in. Some of you would have seen this. I want you to see this, minus 20. A baptism of the young soldier who just repented. A few weeks later, this is him. Sorry, there's no sound. But this is him coming. Сын Божий, за Тебя и за нас всех во спасение. Крещу Тебя по вере, Давид.
Слава Господу! Glory to our Lord Jesus Christ is what he said. Brothers and sisters, this is, this is missions in a nutshell. Isn't it? This is missions. This is teams going into war zones and they're presenting Jesus Christ to everyone that they meet. They're going in to the front line. They're going into the flats where the elderly and sick are. They're going into the basements where people are hiding. They're doing so many wonderful, wonderful things. The Lord Jesus Christ said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. What he's saying is, those that believe to the saving of their soul will be saved. And maybe a little later on, they'll publicly identify with Jesus Christ in his death and his burial and resurrection and they will go and be baptized. We're not saved through baptism. We're saved through faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. Baptism is a public declaration of that faith to the world. And as that man comes out of the water, he's more or less saying, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Please pray for this ongoing work. This has happened just over the last 10 days to two weeks. So many great things are happening here in these different areas. You know, as I go around <clears throat> so many churches here in Northern Ireland doing the reports or bringing the, the message to, to the people of Northern Ireland, I hear so many reasons as to why we shouldn't serve the Lord now. Can't sing, can't preach. I don't have a good testimony. I'm shy. And yes, I get all of that. I really do understand when somebody says, well, I don't like singing or I don't have a great testimony. But dear friends, we need to go and we need to give the Lord Jesus Christ everything that we have. You know, whenever we examine ourselves in the light of Scripture, whenever you look at the men and women that God did use, you realize very quickly, maybe I can go after all. Listen to this list of people that God used. Noah. Noah got drunk. Moses had a stammer. Rahab was a prostitute. David committed adultery and murder. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied the Lord. Job went bankrupt. Zacchaeus was very small. Abraham was very old. Paul was very religious. And Lazarus was very dead. And yet God received the glory in every one of their lives. What did they have that God used? Brothers and sisters, whenever we look at people that God has already used, we're without excuse. We don't have a good reason not to go. Look at the people here that God has used. You can almost see yourself as being a saint. After all, sometimes, when you look at this list, what did they have that God used? What did Moses have that God used? A rod. What did Samson have? He had the jawbone of an ass. What did David have? 
He had a sling. What did Mary have? She had a jar of ointment. What about Dorcas? She had a needle. And what about the young boy in the gospel? He had some bread and some fish. And look at the miracle that our Lord performed through some bread and fish. Look at these, look at the blessing these people became. They had nothing. And yet God took them. And even Mary, look at Mary today. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about the testimony that she's left in Scripture. She didn't have much. But what she had, she gave it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friends, my time is almost gone. I want to encourage you to take your stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Read your Bible and you'll see that, yes, there's none of us good enough to serve the Lord. But whenever we say, yes, Lord, I'll go, then the Lord can take us and use us no matter who we are. We're without excuse when we read who the Lord did use. Our Lord today needs people. He needs men and women and young people to stand up and go. The call is there for us all as believers to go out into the world and to preach the gospel. Paul, we need men like Paul. A man who, no matter what he was going through in his life, he stood fast for Christ. We need mothers like Hannah who prayed for a child that she would give him to God. We need young people like Samuel who say, Speak, thy servant heareth. We need men and women like Abraham and Sarah who serve God into old age. Women like Esther who used her influence to be a blessing to others. We need preachers like Peter who wasn't afraid to look somebody in the eye and say, Repent or perish. We need men like that today. We need people like Isaiah. Here am I. Send me. We need men like John the Baptist who wasn't afraid to call sin for what it was. Today, and it's an alternative lifestyle and we're afraid to speak out against it. Sin is sin. And we need men and women and young people who will stand up and call sin for what it is. And stop hiding behind people and hiding behind systems. We need people like this. People like Peter. People like John the Baptist. Mothers like Hannah. Brothers and sisters, we need to take our stand for Christ. He did the hard bit, didn't he? He went to the cross. He suffered more than any man could ever suffer. He laid down his life that we could be saved and one day be with him in eternity for eternity. K.P. Yohanan, I don't know if you've heard of him, a missionary to India, he said this, and with this I'm going to finish. <clears throat> K.P. Yohanan said that when our Lord Jesus Christ returned to heaven, he said, you and I, we became his hands and feet. He said, we became his mouth. He said, we became his eyes. He said, we became his ears. He said, we became his very tears. We need to go to the people, brothers and sisters, and we need to love them. We need to love them the way that the Savior loved them. He has shed his love abroad into our hearts. He's made it possible for us to go and love them. But do we love them? Do we take time to love them? 
Do we take time to go out into Jerusalem to tell people, yes, I know you do, but maybe there's some sitting here this morning and you just want to go, but you're afraid. Don't be afraid. Just say, Lord, I want to do this, but please go with me. Give me the reassurance that you'll go with me. Brothers and sisters, my time is well gone. Take your stand for Christ. You've listened to the gospel challenge now for the last three days. Don't be walking home tonight without first speaking to Pastor Pat. Come and speak to him. Be a blessing to the church. Be a blessing to the Lord. Here am I. Send me. May God bless you. Thank you so much for everything that you've done. And may you continue to serve the Lord with everything you've got. God bless, Pastor. Let's bow together in prayer. And we're thankful for this weekend, for all that we've heard, these reports tonight, and the challenge of God's Word. I want to thank Donald for coming and for ministering. The Lord has spoken, as we've said on other nights, come and speak with us. We want to help you and guide you encourage you. Let us know that the Lord has talked to you this weekend. O oh God, our gracious Father, many have been called through the preaching of your word, and they have responded with that ready heart, here am I, Lord, send me. We pray that you will enable folks this very night just to step out for the Lord, to hear your call, whom shall I send, who will go for us? And give them that ready, responsive heart to do the will of God. The world needs men and women consecrated to the service of Christ. The world is dying in sin, perishing without a saviour. And so few seem to care. Continue to make us a caring church. A people that have a love in our heart for the saviour and for the souls of men. And Lord, may we reach out in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth with the message of the glorious gospel of Christ. Bless us now, Lord, and help us just as we close the meeting with the, the hymn that we're going to sing. Help us to feel the burden and challenge in our heart for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's sing together 532 as we bring the whole uh, convention weekend to a conclusion. Above thine own ambitions here, another voice is sounding clear. It is the call of God to thee, O leave thy all and follow me. May you go through with God, go through with God thy vows to pay. Uh, may the Lord give you grace just to lay everything on the altar for him.
Heavenly Father, and may there be a going through with God. You've blessed us this weekend. You've spoken to our hearts. You've opened our eyes. Help us now to respond with a very positive heart to the will and the mind of God, those lives that you've touched and those people that you've called. May they be able to step forward for the Lord tonight and go through with him. Dismiss us with your blessing. Continue to add your blessing to what we've heard and received this weekend. Accept our thanks for the good things prepared and our fellowship together for Christ's sake. Amen.